Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, July 27, 2021. I hope your week is off to a great start, and I hope you had a smashing weekend wherever you were. If you came to the punchline to see me do stand-up or you saw me do stand-up for the first time, thank you so much for doing that. Those were five terrific shows, and I appreciate everyone who came up afterward and said really nice things about my co-workers and myself. So that was uh, really enjoyable. Nice, good crowds all weekend and worked with Jenny Jennings was the host. Liz Mealy headlined. I middled. It was a a real good time over there at the punchline. And I want to let the people know who asked about the podcast and uh, who asked about where they can see me in Atlanta. I'm going to tell you right now to make it easy for you while I have you engaged here in the first 20 seconds of the of the chat. Excuse me, you can see me every Tuesday night at Limerick Junction Irish Pub in Virginia Highland. That is uh, a free bar show, free comedy show, uh, that happens every Tuesday at 9 p.m. And we have a great show every week, to be honest with you. This week is no exception. Ian Aber is closing out the damn show. You know Ian is a man who does a lot of big things in Atlanta comedy and beyond. He's on the show. Andrew Wright is going to be there. Uh, Mookie G, Elisha Transu, Erica Benefield. I'm just going off of memory here. Stephen Jones is on the show. Liz Durr. I think that is it. And that is plenty because that is some good comedy. And I feel like I missed someone in the middle. Anyway, every Tuesday night at Limerick Junction, there's a free comedy show for people who listen to the podcast. So like, dude, we know. Move on. But... Uh, it's a banger. It's real, real, real fun. And there is no cover charge and it's loose and it's very, it's open to everyone. It's not a, I don't think it has a type, which I, which is what I really like about it because, uh, maybe I'm just a chameleon. I'll be whatever you need to be, whatever you need me to be. I should say not anymore. Perhaps when I was a younger, less secure man, I would be the person who would blow along with the wind but now I feel like I am who I am and you are you are all you're all welcome so that's that's every Tuesday night and then Wednesday night I host the world famous open mic at the world famous laughing skull lounge in Midtown so uh, those are pretty snazzy neighborhoods that's where I like to do my comedy Buckhead at the punchline <laughs> Limerick Junction in Virginia Highland and then Midtown every Wednesday night, I host the open mic there. That starts at eight. So, so that's that's my that's my plugging for myself. If you want to hear me, you can hear this podcast. Comes out every Tuesday, Friday, and then if you want to see me, you can see me every Tuesday night and every Wednesday night at least. And then I'm usually doing other shows around town if I'm in town. So, thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the support. It was it was really fun, really good shows and. You also might hear a little extra pep in my step. This is for the new listeners, the people, my A1 day ones, as I've said before. There's in no universe should I use that expression. Just like I should not say a show is a real banger. I just I should use a little more age appropriate language. <laughs> like that guy in Super Bad, where he's like, you, you on MySpace? What, what's going on? <laughs> I feel like that when I use younger people expressions, but I just hear young people use the words all the time. I'm not, Believe me, young fuckers, I don't want to fit in with you. I just want to just row along right with you. I'm not trying to, hey, am I using the right lingo? Is it is it IG or the gram? 
just words that just come out because of the people I associate with. Anyway, the people who listen to the program will know that I've gone back and forth between, or I prefer to record the podcast in the morning, which I'm doing now. Well, you, you probably hear a little extra pep in my step, as opposed to recording them later in the day when, yes, you're more tired and the day has clouded your thinking or impacted your thinking. You're not quite as fresh and really focused on the, the important things to you, like sitting in your basement and talking into a microphone. So that's what I'm doing today. And also new podcast listeners, when you see an episode, it'll have the title. And then for now, anyway, until I decide it's stupid to do, I parenthetically include PM or AM to indicate when it was recorded, which is dumb because I shouldn't tell the audience what their experience is. Like when that host told the audience that she was trying to create a safe space after I told a joke about accidentally misgendering someone. Like, you shouldn't tell the audience what they're experiencing, right? And by the way, I told that joke last night. <clears throat> I told that joke last night, and it worked. And, uh, yeah, I did, I think I did five different, I did five different sets this weekend. That's how fun the crowds were. That's how supportive they were. They're like, you know, say some other dumb shit. I'm like, all right, how about this? <laughs> uh so I feel like, so you'll see the parenthetic AM, PM. I shouldn't be telling you what your experience is. You should just be like, hey, man, you're the funniest, most interesting, thoughtful person I know. And I don't care what time of day you record the fucking podcast. Just put it up. But for now, or at least the last half of a week, I put AM or PM there. And just talking about it now makes me think it's a dumb idea. <laughs> because... Why should I? Yeah, I'm taking it down. I'm going to take them all down because it doesn't make sense to contextualize your experience. How fucking lame and self-conscious is that? Here are my words, but here are some things you should think about them. God damn. It's insidious how that how that uh, need for whatever. Maybe it was what I was talking about before. Acceptance or self-esteem. That... All right. <laughs> there, dude, it lasted for two podcasts, the parenthetic AMPM thing. All I'm going to say is I might mention when I'm recording it. And you know that I, well, that's dumb too. I'm only going to mention, I don't, all right, I've overthought it. I've over, I don't, I, you know what it is? I've underthought it. I haven't thought about it at all. I've just over talked it. So I'm talking now in the morning and I'm, I'm clearly in a better mood. I think there's a lyric from a song. It's the opposite. There's a lyric from a Mike Cooley drive-by trucker song where he says something like, he hates the fool in him, but only in the morning. And then I tolerate him all day long. So I think what he's saying, I don't want to, this is my interpretation, is maybe, first of all, Mike Cooley is one of the greatest songwriters of the last 50 years. So you should check out the drive-by truckers catalog and if you're under 30 you're like i don't know what a guitar is or a natural drum sound well then you know go listen to fucking drake it's all the same and boring and there's a reason 10 trillion people like that kind of music because it's so fucking lowest common denominator and accessible and that's why children like it <laughs> i'm just saying 
There rarely is the most popular person on the planet also the most artistically tight and uh, critically meaning respected by his peers. Not for making money. I'm not talking about that. But for the art. And I realize the art is making money also. So fuck me and my old perspective. And you know what? I don't even know Drake's music. But I hit it on the cell phone. Bruh. That's your, that's your blood on the tracks? I heard it on the cell phone. <laughs> I have no beef with Drake. I'm just saying, rarely, you know, is the most popular thing on the planet uh, all that interesting to, you know, people with a bit of a bit of taste. So it's good for the masses, yeah. But you know, <laughs> you don't have taste. We, the masses, don't have taste. Uh, anyway, Mike Cooley's one of the greatest songwriters of the last 50 years and the, I think the lyric is I I hate the fool of me but only in the morning then I tolerate him all day long on the cell phone <laughs> and I think what he's saying is he's probably has some regrets after a big night the night before and then he deals with himself across the day I'm the opposite I like myself best I don't know how you feel about it I love I am me I'm the best me as soon as I wake up in the morning, regardless of what happened the night before, unless I, you know, bombed atrociously. Um, but I'm my best self in the morning because that's when I am still who I want to be. <laughs> you, do, you, do you have that experience where you, you're like, damn, this is, I have not deviated from what I want to do or who I want to be a, a millimeter yet. This is exactly what I want to be doing and who I am sleeping <laughs> it's like I'm a blank canvas and as the day goes on there it just only increases the likelihood that I veer away from my values or doing what's most important to me artistic creative fulfillment to achieve financial independence those two things as I mentioned before but in, when I'm <laughs> when I'm sleeping I'm I'm really uh targeting those things I think I think that's what I'm trying to say is when I'm a blank slate and that's tabula rasa, brah, in the morning. I'm just, I'm right who I should be. And then if I go, you know, it's noon, it's two, it's four, six, and I, I've done something for somebody else that maybe I didn't really want to do or I wasted time doing something else, then I'm deviating from that masterpiece <laughs> that has been created in the morning. That's what that is. Like that, I'm at my best in the morning. That's why I'm in a great mood now. And and what is worse than an adult in a great mood? I'm in a good mood, guys. I'm in a real good mood today. Well, you know what? Fuck you and regulate your emotions better other times. I think I I've talked about this. I tried working on a bit about this. Like, who is more annoying than the adult in the good mood? Nobody. Because if you're if you're in a good mood today, that means you weren't yesterday, and that's a math joke, right? Which means uh, you're a moody prick, and people don't like being around you because you're unpredictable. Hey, uh, just just FYI, the boss is in a real bad mood today. Oh well, you know what? You should tell him to go fuck himself and imagine what it's like working for a moody asshole. Don't be moody, but it's hard. I get it. 
I'm in. I, I'm here's what I am. I'm I'm level and then better. So so I'm that's my asterisk for my own performance is uh, not never in a bad mood, but there's sometimes when I'm in a better mood. How about that? I'm in a good mood or a better mood. And that's what this podcast will be called today, Better Mood. I'm in a better mood in the morning because I have, <clears throat> by doing nothing and thinking nothing, I've adhered perfectly to my value system and am exactly who I want to be. <laughs> the mind is a terrible thing to taste. What's a rec- Who's that record by? For some reason, I, I had the thought of Damian Turner, so it must be like a ministry record. And for those of you who don't know Ministry or Damian Turner, none of that will mean anything to you. So, yeah, the shows were really fun this weekend. Like I said, thanks to everybody who is who, who came up and said hello. And the, thanks to the crowds who were a little participative. <laughs> uh, there are some yappy people in it, but I get it. You're in a club. The pandemic apparently was over, but now it's restarted every person in the last since i got off stage last night to this moment when i'm recording five people have told me that people with vaccines can get the virus and we're all gonna die when just like a week ago i saw the experts on tv saying this is a pandemic for the unvaccinated and i had to thought well fuck them you know that's that's their their journey but now, people, everyone in my life, and people not in my life, people I didn't really ask, <laughs> I didn't really ask. A guy last night came up to tell us about a, a podcast, <clears throat> and then like 25 minutes into it, it was like one of those uh, true crime serial things, like 25 minutes into telling us, uh, uh, Jenny Jennings and I were standing there, I was looking at like my watch like, are you telling us about the podcast? Or <laughs> are you going to tell us word for word the podcast, dude? Because this is a long fucking story going uh, nowhere, apparently. But the podcast sounds interesting. It's about some satanic cult teenagers in New Jersey 30 years ago or something. I don't know. But everyone's been telling me about the virus. But the people were hyped all nights friday saturday and sunday uh because it's the the pandemic's over or it's not over or maybe it's just everybody's like you know fuck the world we we tried (laughs) we tried mankind we tried and it didn't work so let's just go out and see some comedy and talk some shit at the performer on stage as happened to me it's funny too. People who, if you're at any, any of those shows and you you sit in the crowd, you're like, "Wow, well, you you know you handled that heckler or whatever." And a heckler, I mean, by definition, just someone that's talking, talking to the answering this to the performance because they you know they're really engrossed in my words. <laughs> but on Friday, the early show, was a woman who was trying to correct my behavior. She told me not to do something. And we had a real good time exploring that topic with uh, some other people in the room. But hecklers are, they're not bad humans, always. I mean, sometimes they are. Sometimes they are. There was a heck, a heck, 
But but hecklers to me split into two different categories. They split into participating or intentionally disrupting. Right? What is their goal? What is their, that, that's where I look at a heckler. That's where you should look at everybody. Like, why do they do what they do? Usually, it's for money or to feel better about themselves. Just generally in the world, that's that's what that's why people act for money or to feel better about themselves. Why is this person running their mouth? Because they want to participate, and they heard when they're listening to what I said, and they are responding to it, or they're trying to disrupt the show. And overwhelmingly, for me, the heckles that I get are people who are trying to participate or trying to, you know, just let their hair down and, you know, say some shit. I'm talking shit. Maybe talk some shit back to me. That's fine. They're not trying to derail my night. They're not trying to make it a worse experience for the audience. And as a matter of fact, the heckler on Friday night, I'm sure, made it a better experience for the audience because, like I said, we had a real good time exploring what she wanted to talk about. <laughs> I didn't make her part. I mean, I made her part of the show, but I didn't give her too much of the spotlight. You can't do that. You can't cede control of the room. But, uh, well, that was a good groan in my stomach. Like, yeah, man, you're, you should be a blank slate every morning. So that's that's what, you know... I get why people yap up. You're on, you're boozed up. You're out of the house. It's the end of the week. Your job sucks. Uh, or your job might be okay. Here's the worst thing. And I know people like this, and so do you. The worst scenario is when you like your job. It's, it's okay to like what you do. That's good. You found a spot that you get a check, and you get a little bit of money, and you can keep the lights on, and and you f- you're like, you know, I, I don't mind this. I enjoy this. I'm, I'm, dare I say, I'm thinking about my work and I care about my work, taking some pride in it. But the fucking people that you work for make you not like it. That's the worst. And you know what? That's fixable if only those assholes at the top would do something about it. But they don't because they don't care about you, which is why. <laughs> it always comes back to leaving the water running, doesn't it? <laughs> that's my solution. If you don't like your job, just go into the bathroom and turn on the water. <laughs> and just let it run. Ah, the pettiness. Yeah, so hecklers, we, you know, hecklers probably, it's, I don't want to speak for all comics. I think hecklers annoy crowd members more than they do the comics, which is why the comic has the responsibility to, you know, handle them. You going to handle your shit? Handle them. <laughs> Handle that. Hey, man, you better handle that shit. <laughs> so that's why you have to handle the heckler because you control the room and it's you can't let the people who are enjoying. Not everybody goes to a comedy show and wants to have to be a security guard. I get it. You know, there's some drunk loudmouth. You don't. I understand why you might not want to get involved and say, hey, would you please shut the fuck up? So that's why you have to handle it, because the, it's not the audience's responsibility. Sometimes the audience doesn't mind taking responsibility for shutting the heckler up, <laughs> which is great. But then it also kind of leads to chaos, because then you have audience members wanting to uh, you know, get at each other's throats, and that's going to make other people uncomfortable. And the club doesn't want me to be the ringleader of a you know, MMA fight. That's, that's a different... But actually, now that I think about it, on... When was it? Uh, 
sad. So Friday, that woman was heckling, talking, whatever she was doing. There was a, you know what there was also, I'm just trying to go over the shows. That was Friday early. Friday late was just a monster show. Saturday early. Saturday early, you know what? There was a Florida, there was a Florida man in the show. <laughs> and he just, he just appeared to me out of nowhere. And had we were able to have some fun with that. But <clears throat> now, okay, this is what I'm getting. I'm getting to this where I, I say that I'm trying to get back to, the, I'm going to get to the point where the audience wants to handle it for you. <laughs> and you're like, I got it, man, but I appreciate the help. But about the Florida guy, he was great. And there was just a bonanza of material, obviously, in him and uh, how the world perceives him. And then when I, I, I worked into this the bit about, uh, if you want to listen to the genesis of the bit, new listeners, um, somewhere early in the podcast existence, like episode 11, 10, 7, I think it's called like Amphetamines and Alligators is me like trying to work through this whole idea of how I don't like people shitting on Florida. Um, and I was able to get into that because there was this Florida man who, you know, he's fucking wearing a camouflage t-shirt on a Saturday night. Like, and also dude, it's not working. I can see you. You're right there. I don't know where you're trying to blend in with your flip flops on a seat on a sack. Come on, bro. But if you want to hear the genesis of all that material that I uh, tried to work in, it's on that episode called Alligators and Amphetamines or something like that. But in there, and this sort of just highlights the insecurity and why I pick on New York. It, you know, I said, and, you know, fuck New York, fuck Texas. And sure enough, the, the most insecure state in the world, New York, a woman to my right who I couldn't see because she's almost seated behind me kind of seated behind me. If you play the punchline, you're staring out at the crowd and your peripheral vision to the sides would still not be able to catch 5% of the audience. So you'd have to turn just a little bit. So they might be just right behind your shoulder. And I felt this woman looking at my my middle-aged jogger's rear end the whole night. And I was like, does it look like raw chicken? Is that what it looks like? Anyway... This woman to the right, when I shat on New York for, uh, you know, sucking, really just for New York, New Yorkers, like, insisting you love them. Like, I can't. You're telling me to do it all the time, dude. Just relax. She said I was, she goes, I'm offended. And I was like, well, you prove the point. If you're if you're offended by somebody saying something about something that you have in your heart, then you don't have it in your heart enough, you baby. <laughs> you whiny, sensitive New Yorker. Step up. Grow up. The Florida guy doesn't give a shit. That's the whole point. Maybe this will go into the bit someday. It proves the point. Florida guy's like, dude, you can say whatever you want. I'm still going to go wrestle alligators, he said, if they're under five feet tall. Above five feet, apparently, he's like, fuck that. He's like, yeah, say what you want. I know who I am. The New Yorker is the one who's like, I'm offended by that. Well, box checked, lady. You did the damn thing. Anyway, the point is not about this Floridian and this New Yorker proving the damn joke. But uh, it's about the audience and uh, their... <laughs> the audience 
does not like hecklers. And I, I get it. I, I totally get it. I'm sitting in a crowd. I hate when people are talking around me, talking in a movie theater, talking. I haven't been in a movie theater in 77 years. What's really annoying to the comic on stage is people just talking. Just not even, I'd rather them talk to me, say something that they agree with, supportive, whatever, uh, that they don't like me. But the worst is just people just murmuring and not shutting the fuck up while they're talking about whatever happened in the day. It's like, go outside and do that. Or go to the restroom where everybody else does a little bump of cocaine and sort it out there in front of the mirror. But on the Saturday Late Show, this is me winding my way to the audience policing itself. There are these two ripped guys in the back who were white-ish. I mean, they were not people of color to my eye. They were not black people, certainly. They, they would look like two white guys to me. I would call them two white guys. And they also were dressed very um, interestingly. I think one of them had a, like a no-limit chain on. And Plug came, Plug Chapman came to the Late Show. I'm like, I think that fucking guy has a no-limit chain on. And Plug's like, no way, he did, he, not at all. And uh, then Plug's like, I think he has a damn no-limit chain on. Then I thought it'd be funny if I went up and snatched that fucking chain from him. But these guys were, they looked like they kind of came from a, a they were auditioning to be extras in Caddyshack. They had like a pink vibe about them. You know, like a pink collars turned up visor sideways vibe about them and not golfers but drinkers who watch golf kind of look to them like i said they look like they wanted to be an extra in, in caddyshack that's that's what they looked like to me and uh, both wearing visors or hats or something inside at 11 o'clock on a saturday night and they were annihilated <laughs> and one of them was started talking to me very early in my late so this is the late show Saturday one of them started talking back you know when he's only 25 yards from the stage uh, started talking back pretty early in my set and you know I don't want to what I don't want to do here's what I really didn't want to do I don't want to make my whole set blow torching hecklers and crowd work when I'm in the middle, when I'm because it creates what it does is it creates a lack of safety net where the risk is higher for me, the performer, but the reward is also higher because it's going to it's it's live and it's happening, and it's not a joke that I've thought about and written and worked on and it's and it could be more canned. It's not like that. It's all happening in the moment, and that's why the crowd is so invested in it, and that's why crowd work when it's done well, works so well. And the crowd is, it's just exploding. And if I do that for 25 minutes of my set, the audience is going to have a real good time, but it fucks it up for the person coming after me, the headliner. Who, yeah, the headliner, you, you would think, and I'm not talking about Liz Mealy, who was great. I'm just talking about headliners in general. If I headline a show, if I close out a show, I feel like I should be able to follow Hank Denson. I feel like, I, I'm going to fucking battle to do it, and I'm, it's not going to be as good as Hank, but I'm going to try. <clears throat> Excuse me, I feel like I should. But it, it puts the headliner in a jam if they're not a crowd work person because they're coming out and they're going to tell jokes and they're going to tell stories and they're going to do 
comedy the way they do it. And if I wasn't creating this, but it, but it's more of a <clears throat> of a show of a you're the audience and I'm the performer who's going to act who's going to perform this material. It's a and then the audience is like, okay, this is what we're doing now, right? You've told these jokes to other people. We're not as special. We're not as uh, having as unique a moment as what just happened when this guy pulled out an alligator and threw it at the comic on stage (laughs) who then you know said the new yorker would have been scared of it like that it's just not fair and i'm not a big you know there's a code i think i don't i don't know other comics headliners what you think but or or other features other middles i think I, i just don't think it's right to do that to the so anyway it's not right to do that to the headliner they might just want to come out and fucking tell jokes and that's fine they don't have to create this chaotic anything could happen at any moment environment which i love to operate in and you know if i were headlining and people are just unruly let's do an hour worth of just roasting the crowd back and forth and the audience will have the time of their lives it'll be really fun but it's not fair to do it to to the headliner i don't think well you've said it 87 times dude (laughs) so this guy keeps talking. He's talking very early in my set, saying shit back to me. I don't even know what he's talking about. <clears throat> I don't even remember. It's just clear that they're smashed, these two Caddyshack guys. And I just I just gently pushed back. Like, we, you know, man, we have a long way to go, you know. Uh, and I, I, I didn't want to start. I didn't want to create an immediate situation where, also, I don't want to turn, you know, one minute into the set. I don't want the crowd, I don't want to, the crowd to turn on me <laughs> so if i blow torch him too quickly get the fuck out of here the crowd's gonna be like dude take it easy man you always have to maintain control that's why when that's why when comics lose their shit on stage it's like well that was pretty ugly bro uh like have you ever seen kramer <laughs> at the laugh factory he lost control and uh and you know what? In addition to learning Kramer was a racist, that's also when I learned Kramer was a stand-up comic. Never knew that before. But anyway, Jerry was, is, and Larry, same thing. So uh, anyway, uh, what's the point? The point is, can't lose control, and I didn't want to go back too strongly. Uh, but I gave a, just a couple little snaps of the towel just to kind of put him back in his, on his stool. And uh, he he was like, yeah, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And and I like on one of them, I didn't. He's the first time he said, I'm sorry. I didn't say anything. And then when he said it, he said, I'm sorry again. Then I kind of roasted him for being sorry, but not shutting the fuck up or whatever it is. And then he said it one more time. And this mountain of a man over to my right said, why don't you stop apologizing and get the fuck out of here? <laughs> And I was like, dude, this biker over here is going to, and this guy was, you just don't want to mess with this guy. He looked like he would handle himself in Florida. He had some big pythons on him. And I just envisioned him going over to the Caddyshack. And he like, turned and just like wrapping his head in this man's massive bicep and arm. This is is a, a big boy, as you'd say. He was a big boy. Um, 
born this way and then, you know, did not do anything to not get bigger across his life. And I don't mean out of shape. I just mean, you know, country strong is what he looked like. <laughs> He'd be at home at that super spreader event in the, with the motorcycles. Sturgis. He, he looked like he'd be at peace there. And you know what? When he was telling that guy to shut the fuck up, I was like, all right, good, he's on my side. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, he, he, you know what he looked like? And then I went into this. He looked like Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? And uh, But it was very nice that he, he was doing that. And then, then it allowed me to keep telling the guy that Stone Cold is going to come up there and do whatever. And because I never watched wrestling, even as a kid, I didn't watch wrestling. I never, uh, I didn't know what Steve, Stone Cold's, uh, the fact that I know Stone Cold Steve Austin, I mean, well, he was a megastar, but at least I, I knew like a 316. That's as far as I went. I, I didn't know like his finishing move. That's how much I know about wrestling. I know that there's something called a finishing move, and then I don't really know anybody's finishing move. So that's a situation with you. And I go, all right, Stone Cold. And then, so then the guy, um, he got thrown out, I guess. I didn't ask for him to be thrown out, nor would I ever do that. Or have I ever done that? But he, he got thrown out. And then I, uh, and then, and then, it, but his friend stayed. And so I applauded the disloyalty of his friend. The loyalty to the show and disloyalty to his friend. And, uh, and then roasted the guy a little bit more on his way out. And then his friend was like, you're being a dick. It's not fair too far. <laughs> and the crowd was like, ah, they think it's plenty. They think you're doing just fine. They didn't think it was too much. Because as I've told you, nothing makes a crowd happier than when somebody, aside from laughing their asses off, uh, nothing makes a crowd happier than when someone who is disrupting a show gets their, you know, due process. Like that, and you want to hear a good one, uh, go back to the, the, the Welcome to Atlanta episode that I recorded a couple weeks ago. That's got a good story of someone in a show who was uh, acting a fool and then got a great comeuppance and the audience went to the moon. That's what audiences like. We, uh, that's what humans like. We just like justice. It's not fair that you're fucking this up for me, so as a result, we're not going to care when you get stomped out. That's just sort of justice at its most base, honest level. Anyway, come to Limerick tonight. We can talk more about this. It's going to be a real good time. Ian Aber is closing it out. I'll be hosting. I'll be up top, as they say, doing the doing the club's business. Justin will be behind the bar. There's $3 whiskey that has, like, sugar and chocolate and all sorts of granola. Not granola. Uh, there's whiskey there that's 3 bucks, and it uh, apparently tastes like, you know, Three Musketeers. Also, new to the podcast, and you have an opinion on candy bars, go back in the archives and find those. I think there might be one called Three Musketeers, because we have a, we had an on-running, uh, ongoing conversation about the Mount Rushmore of chocolate candy, and I, in my head, have the 100,000 or 100 grand bar is up there, um, Twix, and Who's the Third Candy? A lot of people feel very strongly that it's Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, but that's, they cheat. They just, like, no, we'll just put peanut butter. And it's lazy, it's lazy confectionery work. So, 
Go find the one that's go find the old episode. Go listen to all the old episodes if you want to hear the evolution of me trying to figure out what I'm doing. I don't always know what it is, but I know that I'll be at Limerick tonight, so come on over and say hello and have a great week.